The following podcast contains adult language and subject matter. Theme song. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Oh, that's harder to do than I thought it would be. Good evening once again. I guess it's could be evening or it could be morning, could be whatever it is for you. It's evening currently for me. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, hey, uh, you know what, dude? I'm stealing every introduction I can possibly think of. This is Josh Trelevin with you as uh, joining you for another little short, little hour short <laughs> It's an hour, it's not short, but anyways, this is the Space Boot One, Space Boat One podcast. Gotta get that right. It's like I'm on like a lifeboat in space, I guess. Is that some kind of metaphor for something? Maybe, could be, possibly, I don't know. What do we got for you this week? Uh, hey, well, I just want to talk about comedy. I want to apologize for not being funnier last episode. I wish I was. And I'm going to try my hardest to be more and more funny as we go. I realize, of course, I was thinking about this podcast uh, today, and it is just a single person um, on a podcast, which is kind of like not a lot of podcasts do that. I realize that. And of the podcasts that are just a single voice, very few of them are uh, like just sort of a conversation between me and nobody. So I realize that that's kind of rare. And in some ways it feels like I was just thinking, well, I, I'm just getting this out in the, out in the air. <laughs> it feels like, um, it feels like we're having a, it feels like a, a one-way phone call, basically. It feels, feels like I'm just calling all these people on the phone. Hey, you want to chat for just a whole hour? <laughs> but I guess, I mean, the fantastic part about uh, this podcast and about podcasts in general is you don't necessarily have to be engaged. I don't mind if you kind of wander off for a little bit or if you're doing something else. Just if you kind of have the po- podcast on in the background while you're playing a video game or doing something else. So I imagine, that's what I'm picturing you doing. I don't picture you, um, yeah, just sitting there sort of silently listening to me uh, for an hour. Although I guess, I mean, now that I said that I am picturing it because you can't say don't think of something don't think of a banana well I just thought of a banana I'm always thinking about bananas that's really weird I don't even like bananas are not my favorite food I don't love bananas I like bananas I will eat a banana if I am presented with a banana but I don't even like if I go to the grocery store they're not the first thing I pick out to buy I don't purchase bananas just because that was weird Weird thought. Why am I talking about bananas? I think there's something... um, I like bananas for their comedic value, basically. That's the only reason I think bananas should exist, is just because they're funny. They have a funny name. They're a thing that monkeys eat, and monkeys are funny. And they're things that people can also eat, which relates us to monkeys, which makes us similar to a little bit. I don't know. Is that... Did I just kill bananas for everybody? Bananas are no longer funny. (laughs) No, um, explaining how bananas are funny just in themselves, just yet. Yeah, no, I mean sure, banana jokes, but um, I don't know. Yeah, hey, how are you doing? Uh, it is another week. It is recording this on Tuesday. This should be hopefully uploaded by Wednesday, maybe later. The last couple weeks I've been kind of uploading later and later, but I did get it out, so I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, and we're having this one-way conversation. I am really glad that you just you did choose to. Uh, press play on the file or or press download or whatever you had to press or digitize to get this podcast to you. I'm very happy that you're with me for this next hour. I hope you stick around. Um, I usually say something at the end, like, thanks for listening all the way to the end, but then people, I'm like, well, if, you know, the people who didn't listen all the way to the end won't know that, and the people who did, well, I guess, nah, okay, that makes sense. Anyway, what should we talk about this week? What should we talk about? Let's talk about comedy. Comedy. Um, well, open mics. Should I talk about open mics? I had. I, w- I went to another one of Ratfish's open mics, which I'm inviting anybody who's hearing the sound of this podcast. If you live in Victoria, if you're anywhere near Victoria, um, any Monday, uh, come on down. Any Monday and also Thursday. Come on down to Ratfish at uh, the Ramada Hotel in Victoria, British Columbia. I I promise you. What 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 can I promise you? I can promise you. I think it's a good show, but I don't know how to translate it, that into a guarantee for you. Um, but I well, 
let's see, what can I, I will, I will be pr- physically present on both Monday and Thursday. Uh, I will go up on stage. You can go up on stage on Mondays. And then every once in a while, it's, you know, every slightly little chance, sometimes a lottery spot for Thursday. So I might go up, or you might even, if, you, if you're if you interested in stand-up comedy, if you've been listening to this podcast and it's, perhaps someone somewhere has randomly clicked on this and has become inspired to try stand-up comedy for themselves, I say go for it and send me a little note and let me know if you... Because uh, that would be really cool. That would be a good like boost for me. Be like, yeah, I inspired somebody. So, anyways, um, yes, I'm v- I'm very happy that at least you know one or two. I, I see the numbers on the on the SoundCloud site. I see like a couple people are downloading. So hopefully they're also listening. Or, uh, for that matter, um, I'm very, uh, yeah. Is that is that enough of me sucking your dicks, <laughs> sucking your or your whatever you have? Um, oh yeah, I should mention. Yeah, I, did I put a I'll put a adult content tag at the beginning of this because this is the podcast where I'm allowed to say fuck. And and I don't like when I say fuck, like it's I'll talk about this. Um I I am not a person who says it necessarily like in anger or frustration. I mean I I I will obviously if something something bad if I get mad, but I I find myself rarely reaching that point for some reason i i seem to be a fairly mellow person i'm not sure if maybe i'm suppressing something or like you know shoving something down but usually not a lot of things will get to me like i don't get upset that easily um so saying like fuck like in a real like you know like meaning it i don't i don't do that often but i like saying fuck just because it's a fun word to say um Yes, it is. Uh, and because, yeah, it, it is technically still, I don't know, forbidden in some contexts. Like, you're not supposed to say it. But also, when you do say it, it like, it, it, when you say fuck, when you, like, try try out some swearing in front of some somebody, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable with them. Like, you think, oh, we can swear around each other. Like, this is, we're, I don't know, we're comrades or something. We're, <laughs> we're sort of on an maybe equal playing field. I don't know if that makes sense either because you can still say fuck to somebody who's like your boss. Or, I mean, you wouldn't say fuck you, boss, unless you're... Well, again, yeah, I think that that's what that does is that it shows a little bit of familiarity. This, they're still your boss, but they're also like, okay, now we we also have this sort of understanding that we're both human beings, we both use language, and we both occasionally swear. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's my my linguistic thoughts on the word fuck. Um, it's, and what I like about fuck too is like a lot of people have, like this is, this is a well-studied word. So if you were in academia, for example, or, you know, you're doing linguistics, um, you can read, you know, papers on dirty words like fuck and shit and, and all the other dirty words that, that I've, even on this podcast, I dare not say. Um, because we don't, that, that's, that's interesting. Oh yeah. Is this another... (laughs) concept well i should talk about if it's if it pops into my brain i should uh, i should get it out there but yeah our our dirty words our forbidden words um in our current culture have to do with uh breaking politically correctness like we don't care so much about like you know back in the day there was you know church words there was like god and jesus and holy and um and if you go to quebec you get things like you know the the sacraments and the tabernacle and the the chalice and like the word chalice is a swear word in quebec um chalice monasty monasty, and so on and so forth and jesus mary and all that okay so so that was as one set of swears um the next set of swearing we have like is kind of the the body stuff like fucking shitting um, body parts, dick balls, uh, I guess, tits, uh, stuff like that. And then, but, you know, the current age of swearing is, well, I guess I have to say the word, uh, cunt and nigger and retard, and um, those are all the ones I can think of. I, I could think of more if I put my mind to it, but I think hopefully that gets the point across. I apologize for having to say those words, but there's no other way to get the thought across without actually uttering them um so the point is that those words are um they're more about about groups of people or or slandering like actual like identifiable demographics and like our morality of of current times is more is the 
uh, is about um, politi- there's some political correctness. There's some sensitivity about we don't want to we don't want to um, offend uh, groups who don't who can't defend themselves. Like we we don't want to like you know attack um, people uh, who might not have power or you know, that sort of thing. So that's that's the politically correct. That's why we have those kind of. That's why our swear words of the day, <laughs> quotes, swear words, are are those are about have to do with people groups. At least that's the way I feel about it. That's that's our taboo words. But of course, you know, you have to. You also, they're in the end, they're also just language. They're just just words. Um, there there's nothing magical about them. The power that you give them is sort of, you know. You, you is granted by humans, so it's sort of artificial. And if you choose, you can sort of not give them power or, or take power back and give them to another group, something like that. Okay. Anyways, I to be honest, like that whole spiel, I just it is probably ill-informed and probably wrong. So um, if you want to correct me on that, you can go ahead and, ahead and tweet at me at space boot one. Space boot one is my Twitter. It'll be I'll type it in the show notes for this episode, so you can. You can find me on Twitter and 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 correct me, uh, or or you know if you want to if you're a racist and you feel like I'm not being racist enough, you can uh, you tell tell me about that too. Why not? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like to hear from from both sides, from the good side and the evil side. Um, not that I'm taking si- taking sides. I am taking sides. I'm taking the good side. I am on. I am the side of the white knights. No, not not those white knights. The you know the the white knight who's like the good white knight. Nah. Anyways, um, uh, what do we want to talk about? Let's talk about stand-up comedy, shall we? What happened at open mic on Monday? What happened at Ratfish on Monday? Um, well, it was we had a good night. But it was fun. We had a, we had some audience members, like at least two or three, like paying who paid money to get into Ratfish. Um, by the way, yeah, if I haven't mentioned that already, at, if you go to Ratfish on Monday uh, at the Ramada in Victoria, British Columbia, um, it's five dollars cover if you don't perform. But if you do perform, there's no cover, so you get in free and you get free water, or hopefully, you know, just you know, uh, out of the sort of uh, generosity of your own heart and also out of, um, what do you call it, etiquette, I guess. Uh, it is nice if you buy uh, a drink from the bar or, you know, maybe they have a kitchen there, so you buy food, you can buy wings on, I can't remember, I think Thursday is wing night. Yeah, you can buy wings there uh, or other bar food, whatever, I don't know what they have. They have a deep fried monster. Basically, this this podcast is just a huge advertisement for Ratfish, basically, and, and I suppose Hecklers, too, because I talk about them, too. On weekends, Friday and Saturday, you should come down to Hecklers and, um, and uh, come down and, and see all the, uh, the professional comedians. Let's see, why don't I look up who we have at Heckler's this week? Um... Looking up on Facebook. I, I record this podcast in front of my computer, so... Um... Mm-hmm. Okay, I know how to do this. Who do we got? Looking it up on the internet. Internet. This is the internet song. I could probably just cut this out, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, September 11th. Yeah, that's this weekend. Who do we have? Demond Tritter and John Cullen. So, um... Demond is Canada's okay. Globe and Mail said he was comedy's new superhero, uh, perhaps this country's finest comedic storyteller. Uh, he has a late, relaxed, laid-back style and unique comic voice. That's great. Um, he won the Seattle International Comedy Competition. Okay, yeah, that's all that stuff. But trust me, like they they only get good. Um, comedians in there, and and he's yeah he's got this whole list of credits that they want that they're putting up, but yeah he's good. Okay, Demond Demond Schritter and John Cullen is the other um, the other feature middle whatever they call him. Anyways, yeah that's 
Saturday, Friday and Saturday night at Heckler's. And then every Friday and Saturday, there's some, someone else, someone different. So you can check that out. Um, so, yes, the commercial's over. <laughs> or does the commercial ever really end? Does it ever truly really end? I guess it doesn't. I don't know. Anyways, uh, shall we? what else can we talk about? I want to... Can I talk about... Uh, I should mention who won set of the night. Elliot Ryan got set of the night on on what day was it? Monday, yeah, on Monday. Elliot Ryan got set of the night, and um, my like at the at the end of the night, like I I try and do my own like little version of set of the night for myself, like to you know imagine who might win set of the night, and I actually had it down to me and Elliot. To, I had picked, <laughs> so yeah, the. I mean, me and my my crazy, twisted mind. Um, I probably wasn't as funny as it sounded to me in my brain, but I did think that I did really pretty good, um, except that Elliot definitely got bigger laughs than me. That is true. Um, my only problem with Elliot's set was that the first half was weak. Like, he did, I mean, three minutes. I mean, it was... <laughs> Yeah, how can you... But, no, this is how I felt. I felt that his first half was weak, but then his second half really picked up and really, you know, got some huge laughs. So, it oh, is the hour. Um, the second half was really good and got bigger laughs than I ever got during the night, so he definitely deserved it more than I did. And that, that's kind of... I, that's always nice, too, when you can... when you can sit through the night and you can sort of pick out who you think that... And, and I, I guess... I think the hosts pick this out of the night. I'm not sure, like, I, I haven't asked who picks it, but I think it's either Mark or uh, whoever's hosting. So Evan and Steve are hosting. Who? speaking of Ratfish Open Night, Evan and Steve did a fine job of hosting uh, together, co-hosting the open mic. Um, and we had a, we all had a fun time. So it, even though it was, like, it's always kind of a small, small room, smallish room, um, but yeah, it's fun to, to sort of see. I don't. I don't know if that's the best thing either. Well, it probably. It's probably good. I was just thinking, like, is it the best thing to have uh, to develop sort of parallel thinking? Because then we might all get stuck in the same, like, oh, we like this, but don't like that, and sort of get stuck like that. So it's it's also nice to sometimes have a divergence, and then sometimes it's like, no, that guy was. We all love that guy, so we're all gonna. Yeah. In, in this case, it was Elliot, uh, who also does a podcast, although. He hasn't put up a new episode in a while, but I'll, I'll plug it anyways. In case you haven't already listened to the, I don't know, six, seven episodes that Elliot has put up, I do recommend it. You can find it under Cynical Walrus, and you'll find him on iTunes. Cynical Walrus with Elliot Ryan, and and he does his his comedy, um, and he interviews uh, various um, Victoria comedians. And I'm yeah, I keep bugging him about starting up the his podcast again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was Labor Day, so I did, I did some Labor Day jokes, uh, which is always fun because you can do, like, well, I guess there's always some kind of holiday, right? Like the, that's that's the other thing. You, you think, oh, my Labor Day jokes are only good on Labor Day. Well, but also if throughout the year, if you write, okay, this is my Halloween joke, this is my Christmas joke, this is my Remembrance Day joke. I don't know what Remembrance Day. Um, you know, you do a one sort of thing for each. Um, for each holiday and then when the next year comes around you're like oh yeah last year i told labor day jokes and then all you know all the time you have something sort of topical for the, the for the day of the year um which i don't i may i might drop that eventually if you know if i have better stuff but it was it was fun to break out some labor day jokes um i <laughs> i felt kind of proud because i did a labor day joke about uh, I, I'm sure this is somebody. Like I'm sure this is a hack. I'm sure somebody else has done the the joke about. I feel okay. Here's here's how it goes. I feel bad for the. I feel bad for the women who give birth the day before Labor Day because they've had to be in labor for 364 days. Um, the joke being, I don't understand how birth works. So it, it did. I don't know. I don't know if you're getting it because there's no feedback. But I did get a laugh. So. I assume that means the people got it <laughs> at, at Ratfish. But then somebody else followed me like fairly later on in the evening and tried to do a Labor Day joke saying 
just saying, oh, I thought Labor Day just meant women in labor, and that was it. That was the joke, and then it got, it didn't, it didn't really do, but I, I'm not here to shit on the other comics as much as uh, I always get into that temptation, because I'm like, oh, this was bad, this was bad. like, trust me, like, um, I love all the other comics, and I definitely laugh at some of their jokes, um, but of course, open mic is the whole thing about open mic, is it's just for anybody to try, so you, you can't really expect the, the best kind of material, but also, like, I mean, some people say, like, oh, don't, you know, don't promote open mic as a, as a real show, like, open mic's so, I mean, who who would in their right mind would want to see an open mic? Um, but I've like comedy is weird because we have these audiences in comedy that are like I don't think it's the audiences themselves actually that do this. I think it's the the performers in comedy get really fixated on on uh, pulling out laughs, right? We get really fixated on like making an audience laugh, and we don't talk about connections quite so much and and just storytelling just the fact that someone is on stage sort of sharing some part of their self on the like to a group of people and um and i think that's that's quite amazing because i you know i i, I talked to before about going to fringe and seeing fringe shows and fringe shows don't have to be funny like a fringe show I mean, you know, you, you can call it dramatic or you can call it storyteller. You can call it, like, bearing your soul or whatever. But whatever it is, it's a person on stage sort of talking about something that they thought was interesting to share with another bunch of people. It's basically all a fringe show is, unless it's, like, you know, improv or something like that. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, that is what it goes on. And I think there's still value in that. And I think... I think audience if you if you go to an open mic and you and you you're not like immersed like in your own head about what you're what you're doing at the open mic but if you go there and just go to enjoy the performances you don't have to be laughing the whole time I mean that's not even the the point the point is you're you're you know sort of sharing something with people up on stage so I mean yeah we talk about um hitting like laugh 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 and really killing and you know getting that amazing rush um, but as far as the audience is concerned, that's not super important. I mean, yes, you want to laugh, of course, but it's also it's just, you know, just seeing what happens on stage, I think, is value enough. Um, so I hopefully I've sold some people on going to open, if, if, I don't know, if anybody listening to this isn't already going to all the open mics. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's, it's definitely good to go and, because that could be you, like you can go, or it could be if you don't feel like going, that's fine too. Because we need an audience, <laughs> we need people going up, going to an open mic who don't, uh, who aren't all in their own heads <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, go to open mics, go to open mics, um, and and I guess okay. So for the stand-up comedians out there, I mean. Yeah, this this is something we want we want to uh, pull those laughs out of the audience um, and like make them laugh as hard as possible because that's how we sort of um, shift sift ourselves like the the good comics from the bad comics we sort of organize our we organize and rank ourselves and say okay this guy's this funny this guy's this funny this guy's gonna get this opportunity this guy's that's based on laughs yes but as far as the audience is concerned they shouldn't care at all like who's funny and who's not funny it should be just you know who did, what did i see what did i enjoy and you know that's about it and what i suppose like the five dollar cover that you're paying for is just to be in the room so it's like a cover to a bar or club that you would otherwise go to and just you know for the atmosphere in this case the atmosphere happens to be people attempting to try to tell jokes or or sometimes in some cases not even attempting just you know an open mic people can just talk about whatever talk about their day <laughs> like that's totally fine um yeah so that's that's what happens at open mic uh what else we got going on um Stand-up is to tell... Okay, this this is what I have written down for the what I wanted to talk about this episode. Stand-up is to television as improv is to stand-up. Okay, this... Do you, do you Did you get that? Stand-up is to television as improv is to stand-up. And the thing about... Okay, so the, 
people in stand-up sometimes kind of look down their nose on improv, like I've noticed. I mean, I, I, am, I love improv, and I think I've spoken about my love for improv on the podcast before, but some people in stand-up say that uh, improv is dumb, it's not funny, and they say this about improv. They say that improv lowers the audience's expectations so that the audience will find less funny things to be funny, like... If something silly happens that isn't, you know, quite a joke or whatever, that's the audience is going to laugh at that because they didn't expect something funny. Now, I think this is completely bullshit, nonsense, not true. Um, I think that I think that's an, this is an, an unfortunate um, development in the world of entertainment is the fact that people think that improv lowers the bar. And I, I, I did talk about this. I guess you're going to have to go back almost a year, maybe, in the um, in my archives for the Simulationist podcast. I talked about this with Dave Morris, my my improv teacher. And I was like, because I was new to improv, I was like kind of still figuring out what it was. I was taking some classes with him. I didn't really quite understand like how it all worked and what it was, what we were trying to do with improv. So I was saying, well, like, is improv really just, like, is it just fucking around on stage? Like, is it really, is, does it have to be, like, is it important that improv looks bad? That's the other thing I was thinking about. Like, it has to... Because, like, what is the indication? What shows a person that they're watching improv besides just being told, okay, people, like, line up. This is... This, we're about to do a show that's improvised. So, hey, check it out. Like, like it's like, we're going to do this show with our hands tied behind our backs kind of deal. Um, so, but, no, so improv is um it it can't be that like that that cannot be the definition now i don't know if i've fully formed a theory of improv um that really kind of gets to the heart of it but what i want the point i wanted to make today is that stand-up actually like if 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 stand-ups are making that argument against improvisers for example then it's it occurs to me that sort of like the recorded media like television film um, movies, uh, film and movies are the same thing. Television, basically television, um, specials, stand-up specials, those kinds of things really should be looking down their nose at stand-up because stand-up, the th- people always say the thing that's special about stand-up is that it's in the moment, it's personal, anything could happen, which eerily sounds a lot like improv to me. <laughs> And that's because that's what they say the difference between you know, sort of watching stand-up on your you know, on your cell phone or, you know, watching a YouTube video on your cell phone of, of some stand-up comedy or, you know, watching a movie with featuring a stand-up comedian or a stand-up comedian special on your, on your big screen TV at home. Um, the, what they, what the stand-up purists will say, like what the, you know, the people who really believe in stand-up will say is that, no, you need, well, they, they won't necessarily say it, but it's, occasionally you will hear this. They'll, you'll say, you know, you need that live experience. You need the feeling of being in the room with a whole bunch of other people and a guy on stage or, or, or girl or lady, woman, uh, feminism, uh, okay, uh, man or woman on stage, uh, gender, <laughs> gender not dis- non-descript person on stage um <laughs> yeah digging myself into a feminism well, I, I i am a feminist i swear uh, i swear um but uh yeah no there's something about being there live that it, with a recorded event you you lose some of that and i, I think i i think i agree with them on that but that does make sort of a continuity between okay here's television or here's film here's you know sort of a highly crafted product that's the same every single time and then here's stand-up which is crafted a lot more like still crafted and still like very scripted and very like put together and very intentional um and then oh you know one level level down here's improv which is intentional but it's not scripted it's not like you don't go in there with a plan there's no plan with improv it's just you know one step down so i don't like in this sense, I don't want to look at those three uh, media, three media, three forms of entertainment as being like one above the other, one below the other, because they all have their strengths and weaknesses. And in fact, like uh, like I was just saying, there are you know stand-up purists who will say, well, uh, a video um, can never uh, reach the same kind of 
have the same kind of impact as a live performance. Like live performance is always better. And maybe that's maybe that's not always true. Maybe maybe there. I, I, of course, there's a place for television. Of course, that's that's goes without saying. But maybe there. Maybe like. Maybe sometimes television is a, a more appropriate medium for some kind of joke or some kind of message that you want to get across or, you know, some something. Yeah, maybe sometimes that is the case. Um, so there is really none of this. This hierarchy does not, it does not, it cannot be true because of this, because we describe these things this way. Um, hmm. I hope that made sense to you. I don't know if it totally made sense to me, but uh, we'll move on. Um, actually, I have... This whole podcast is more about stand-up comedy. So I have a, another question to ask, and that is, this very simple question is, is stand-up comedy hard? Is it hard to do? Um, and I, I think, like a lot of people say, oh, yeah, it definitely is. I don't things like writing jokes is hard. Like, people say that. People say writing jokes is hard to do. It's hard to just write a joke. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think it is. I think it kind of is. Um... I can't remember my answer, though. I wrote down the question, is stand-up comedy hard? Maybe, like, if you have an answer, I'd be curious to hear if you... Let's see, I don't know where you can post. I guess on, on Twitter, basically. Um, if you have an even longer answer, I guess, I don't know, put it in a blog post and, like, send me a link to the to it or something like that. Because I, I don't have, like... For this podcast, I, I don't keep the comments um, on the uh, the SoundCloud so it's hard for you to comment there. Um, so I don't really have a space. I should create like maybe a Facebook page or something like that in case people have responses. Maybe something like that. Um, I imagine if you had a comment also, you could, in theory, you can post um, like a discussion link on Reddit, on the various subreddits. It could be the podcast subreddit or it could be the stand-up uh, Reddit subreddit, I should say. Maybe I'll create a new subreddit for this one. I don't know. Um, either way, like you could, there you could post up this link there, and and yeah, you won't get a lot of karma for it. You might even get like downvoted, I imagine. But I don't think they would delete it, like for sure. And then at least I would see it, and there would be a way to comment. Okay, so yeah, if you <laughs> if you want to go to all that trouble of, of just to to communicate, I think Reddit is one way to do it, and yeah, Twitter's another way. Spaceboot one is my Twitter handle. I think I gave that over. The show is called Spaceboat one, and my Twitter handle is Spaceboot one. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, that's that's how it's going to have to be. I only want smart people following me. <laughs> I only want people who are like who are you know thinking. <laughs> I don't know. That's that that doesn't make any sense. Cause it. I mean, if you can get on Twitter, you can. That's because I post like when I put up new episodes, I post it to Twitter anyway. So Twitter is the main. The main thing, um, hmm. But what I was, what was I talking? About? Okay, yeah. So the question was, is stand-up comedy hard? And I wanted your answer for that. So uh, send me your answers in tweet form. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think stand-up comedy is kind of hard, or it's hard to necessarily. It's hard to be consistent at making people laugh. Like you can, anyone can make people laugh like a couple times and, and write a really good joke just sort of by a fluke. And I think I've I think I might be one of those people who just sort of accidentally made people laugh like a few times. Um and now I'm sort of in the process of being like, okay, like what if I wanted to make someone laugh every single time I went up? Like what if I wanted to be funny continually? Like well, how would I even do that? Then that is hard to do. But do What's up next? Um, stand-up comedy, hard. On the other hand, stand-up comedy, it's, in, in some ways, it is, you're just standing on a stage, like, in front of people. So it's it's just standing there. It's just talking. It is not those things. And, like, maybe it's, it's a thing. It does take skill. It takes some, like, amount of time to get to it. But, like... None of the none of the process in there actually involves any actual pain. There's no like, oh, it hurts so it's so hard. There's no like, there's no actual pain involved, and it just it's just something that takes. It does take patience, I guess, effort. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, anyways, I want to. Uh, um, should I make this point or should I skip it over? I have another point about 
I wanted to talk about serious art and about like because I think I made a point at some point in this podcast and I just wanted to to take it back a little bit about how art is never serious like I was saying like oh art uh, always trivial like there's no such thing as serious art because I guess I was making the distinction be- between sort of comedy and serious um, film or drama or something like that you know why, why are comedies not taken as seriously as serious art and I was saying well there's no such thing as serious art there's no art it's all art is silly and to an extent I I stand by that but I also wanted to say like I don't mean by that that I that art is not comparable to the other endeavors of life like you know for example science um, or poetry well wait poetry is um, poetry is art sorry uh, what I mean is science and architecture and sort of uh, building actual things or like having an actual job like a bricklayer or a guy who works in a factory or a construction worker or um or a doctor for that matter someone who saves lives or like a soldier or something like those are kind of serious professions like like real serious people do and i suppose you can count like things like investment bankers although we all hate investment bankers so <laughs> i don't know as, much, as serious as that that might be as a profession it's like yeah no fuck those guys um and ladies who can also be in investment bankers uh yeah feminist feminist score on this podcast is uh c minus um but yeah so uh, yeah i was just making a, another point a silly point about how art is serious um Art is art as serious as any human business possibly can be. Art is, which is to say, not serious at all. So I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying about that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, serious, serious art. Um, where do okay, new, new, new topic. New, let's talk about something else. Um, I wanted to ask this uh, another question. <laughs> another question. Where do comedians rank on who we love the most? Like, why? Because um, I was thinking, like, like we kind of, we sort of idolize and heroize. <laughs> we make heroes out of certain professions, like doctors. Um, and I suppose we can talk about fighter pilots. We can talk about um, politicians, the president. We, you know, he's like somebody that a lot of people love. And you, you sort of, you become the president by having people love you a lot so that's how that works and like other elected offices prime minister for example um astrophysicists um for like and i don't think it's just because of neil degrasse tyson i think there's something sort of inherent in the the word the title feels like it weighs a lot it feels like astrophysicist feels like it's very um heavy and it feels like somebody that we really should respect um an astrophysicist but why is that? Like, why is it just because that's a big word? Like, I mean, I mean, is it what they they speak a different language? Like, they they have this mathematical stuff that they describe, like the the motions of the heavens and stuff. Um, but it's not like astrophysics is like super hard. Again, it's sort of like the the stand up comedy thing. It does take effort and patience and time. And you have to put, spend time to get anything out of it. But once you learn how it works, it just it's just you know, one plus one is two. It's just, it is just math. It's, um, uh, and it is, it is pretty awesome. I think it's like, they're dealing with like these really cool stuff, like stars and planets and galaxies and stuff, but it's, it's just, you know, telling how they move and like, you know, one plus one is two. They just, this happens and this happens and they, they, they're going in a trajectory. They're going to start over here and over there. It's fairly relatively simple stuff. Um, but I mean, there's other, I'm not, not saying astrophysics sucks, but I was thinking of like, like, I don't think comedians rank, like, how about, how about this? Like when somebody decides to have somebody on their talk show, um, they usually, the reason that they have a comedian on is not because the comedian has done something great or accomplished anything great or survived something or invented something. They usually, they have a comedian on a talk show because they know that the comedian is going to be able to speak. And that's the main reason why they have comedians on talk shows. And of course, they also, sometimes they have shows to promote or like, you know, oh, check out my special or whatever. Um, But 
Yeah, it occurs to me that comedians are not necessarily high up on there. And, like, for me, who's, like, relatively new to the world of comedy, it's like, like, if I want to really commit myself to, and, and I suppose I'm talking to other possible potential younger uh, people who are thinking about becoming stand-up comics, um, it occurs to me that, like, when you sort of make that decision about, like, where you're going to, like, what what trajectory you're going to take in life and you go into something like entertainment stand-up comedy acting similar deal any any of those kind of improv yes yeah, stuff like that um you um you sort of have to weigh that against like oh well i could be a scientist or i could be a politician well you there's no polit i mean there is political science in university but i that's another thing that's kind of weird is that there isn't like a sort of you don't go to school to say oh, I'm going to become the prime minister and then be you know go to prime minister school. Um, it's more like either well we have a prime minister who took economics I think in in college um, took economics and so notice I don't say he's an economist. I think some people sometimes say he is, but I don't I don't, I don't know. I mean he's not the worst. Well, is Harper the worst? Hmm. That's another question you can hit me up on Twitter about, is Harper the worst? Um, but, no, uh, the the people, yeah, the people that we sort of love and look up to. Um, and we definitely, like, kids definitely look up to stand-up comedians because they look up, they hear them as sort of as role models. And because they speak so much, they're always, like, sort of dispensing wisdom and ideas about philosophy, about the world, about how the world works, how you should be in the world. So there is that, and there is something to look up to in stand-up comedians. But when you ask, like, you know, what are the the esteemed professions of the world, stand-up comic is not necessarily high up there. Um, or at least maybe it's like a guilty pleasure almost. Um, and, uh, and the other thing, like, okay, I'll, I'll say another thing about... This is probably a separate point, but it's sort of related to that. Um, I have always sort of gravitated towards the idea of frontness and of, like, forefrontness. And, like, because I'll tell you this story. I, when I was uh, 26, 25 or 26, I think it was 25, uh, I went and I, uh, I did an application because I wanted to be in the Canadian Air Force. Like I went and I applied for it, and I, I you know filled out the applications. I even went to Toronto, uh, not Toronto. Well, I went through Toronto to Ontario. Uh, where did I go? I can't remember the name of the the Air Force base, but but I went to one of the Air Force bases in uh, Ontario because I decided I got it into my head that I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And and it's here's the thing, like about you know, about my mentality, and, and this could be, like, I could be an idiot for saying this, but basically, like, I went in there, and I, I had applied for being a fighter pilot, and, you know, I went through this, and they, they were like, okay, you have the aptitude you need, you did, like, I did some simulator test that I had practiced for, and I, I passed the test, so I was able to at least, you know, sort of level one flight, so I was, I was in, like, there, they told me I was literally, I was on a list of people for them to call, to begin, you know, training. However, the thing was, there was about, you know, a hundred people on that list who all wanted to be fighter pilots. Or, actually, this was just pilot in general, just pilot. Um, and, uh, in the, you know, in the middle of all this, one of the recruiters who I happened to be talking to at, at one point in this, he was like, okay, so why do you want to be a fighter pilot? Or why do you want to be a pilot? And I, I just said to him, I think, I was like, because pilots are awesome, duh. Like because it's like an awesome job like what and he's like you know if you ask me they're just a glorified bus driver that's what he said <laughs> if you ask me they're just a glorified bus driver and i was like yeah you know you're right but i still want to be a fighter pilot <laughs> that because that's what i wanted i wanted the i wanted the glory i wanted the excitement the the pinnacleness of it um and uh at, eventually what ended up happening uh, after i i had applied for this and i apparently my name was on a list was they said okay we have a perfect we have this job for you it's called air space control or something like that or air control basically 
it's it's a pretty cool job like but it is ground based and you would sort of you control like these computer systems and you it's it's kind of like an air traffic controller but also with weapons so like you know can you can imagine you're like the in the the tower at the airport and you have like you are clear to land on like flight 72 whatever you can go take off now and uh he'll get take a holding pattern and stuff like all this other stuff but it, in the middle of all that you can be like and we're going to send a um a missile your way so <laughs> like no I, i'm sure there's other things involved in it it's sort of tactical like about like firing missiles at at either at planes or at other ground targets really cool stuff um but you know what it did not actually interest me like that job i for like i had my heart set on fighter pilot and i just i never followed through with that and i didn't fill out the next set of paperwork to get accepted and so yeah i ended up i ended up not doing that because what because i wanted to be at the at the pinnacle of of all of this stuff so um that's sort of telling you my personality and the, the, then what happens with uh, stand up comedy for example is i am looking at this world of stand up comedy and there's there's all kinds of branches and paths off in the middle of, of of all of this and yeah i'm i may end up taking one or two of them like there's you could become a booker you could become you could run your own room you could become a producer of a show or you could become you know an agent or something like that although i i hear that agents are not that common for Canadian comedians, but um, that's fine. You just move to the States or whatever and become an agent. Um, and uh, and my heart, my my brain, and like, again, I'm telling you, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is actually hurting me in the long run, but my brain says, uh, go for, you know, you, you have a thing that you want to go for. You want to be the guy on stage. Like, you want to be the guy you know telling jokes you want to be the guy at the front like you want to be the face of it you want to be this you know this fighter pilot this the, the ace <laughs> right and i don't know if yeah i don't know if that's going <laughs> to it's going to work out for me um but i've always kind of wanted something like that and and that's sort of a similar thing like like the the job of something like you know the prime minister or the president it sounds really glamorous to me but when you start talking about like the other very effective jobs like in government like the chief of chief of staff for the president the vice president the head of state uh or the secretary of state i should say um things like that or the in the canadian government the the chief of the armed forces or well actually that sounds pretty awesome the chief of the armed forces but like sort of somewhat lower um you know, gradually lower and lower, lower. and they they just they don't sound as as glamorous and ex, as exciting to me, even though they're just as interesting, probably. And in some cases, you might even have more power than you know the person at the, the top, just for you know certain areas. And I suppose, like ideally, sort of my ideal government would be that it is somewhat distributed power, at least, or you know, sort of different departments have power over different areas, rather than just one person being able to do anything he wants. I think that yeah. I think we've we've established that that is not a good idea with certain people like Hitler, for example. Um, um, uh, but yeah, but for some reason I I can't help but sort of focus on that that sort of singular idolized uh, character, and I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a problem. Um, but in in um, in comedy, I think I think that's something that's still sort of I mean, you can have multiple, like, you know, multiple comedians doing good work and, like, lots of, you know, we, we do, we have a lot of good comedians um, and there's no shortage of them. And and I wouldn't say, like, I'm not shooting to be the, although I would love to be the best ever, ever in the world, whoever lived. Um, but we're not necessarily shooting for that top spot, necessarily, like, the top comedian ever. Plus, like, like I've said, and I think I said this last episode, in that when you get to that level of comedy, you can't, you know, they're apples and oranges. You can't compare. Almost is Seinfeld funnier than Louis C.K. or is Louis, which one is funnier? <laughs> like you can't. Like they're both, you know, they both at sort of at the very height of comedy, and they both do something very well. And there's only so much physical laughter you you, you can make an audience laugh. So, um, yeah, that's the that's how that works um so what am i saying so yeah as a young person thinking about what sort of career you might want to get into i don't know stand-up comedian it's it sounds you know it sounds great it sounds like fun um 
but it maybe isn't what you think it's going to be. Um, and uh, but in some ways it is, and in some ways it like that's the other thing. People always say, "Oh well, you know, stand-up comedy, you you won't achieve what you thought you were going to achieve, but you will get something else that you never thought you would get. I don't know, friendship or you know, good experiences or or whatever." I think that is actually true. I think that you, if you do stand-up comedy, you will achieve something out of it. You'll get something great, uh, but not what you expected. So yeah. I don't know if that's worth anything to you, but that's yeah, kind of the case. Um, hmm. So speaking of speaking of people at the pinnacle of their of their life, society, uh, somebody was saying that Barack Obama has a better sense of humor than Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump in the news. Do, do, do. Uh, we'll talk about Donald Trump. Why not? But yeah, I just wanted to make this. I don't know. I'm not even making points. I'm just asking questions. That's that's the thing. But um, I actually I. You know, I've been kind of, I've always enjoyed Donald Trump's sense of humor. I, but it might be that I'm laughing at him rather than with him or at society for taking him seriously. Because, um, yeah, I, I've always felt that, like, every, every time I see Trump, like, in show up in, in the news, like, in saying something, I always laugh. I, I do. And, like, people say about Barack Obama that he has the better sense of humor because, um, he he understands like he's smarter he understands about these things about irony and stuff like that so and he you know Barack Obama has been able to and on occasion like sort of tell jokes and he sort of did like a half a stand-up routine with um actually a couple times I think one with, once with Key and Peele and a couple of other times so Barack Obama and he's also he's a bit into stand-up comedy I mean, he's not the giantest stand-up fan in the world but it's one of the things he's kind of he kind of enjoys his stand-up comedy, so, um, yeah, that, that being said, I find, like, I laugh at Trump more than I laugh at Barack Obama, um, I don't know, and some, like, because other people have made this, the point that they think Barack Obama has a better sense of humor, but I think that might not be true, and, and they also say that, oh, uh, Donald Trump, he, he calls people a loser, and he thinks that's his, you know, the height of wit. But I think he's said a few more, slightly more witty things. Um, and he's definitely an asshole, like, no question about that. Like, he, the things he says, like, if he's not saying them with irony, like, he is, like, a piece of shit as a person. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's he's also, um, he's not, he's, he's funny. It, it's, the things he says are, are just, they hit, right? You know, they... He has that sense of like where to strike, like like where that nerve is that he needs to hit uh, to get that sort of reaction out of people. And I think that's the that's very close. Maybe it's not the exact same thing as the comedy nerve. Like maybe it's because some of it is the racism nerve to be nerve racism nerve to be honest. But I think that's the racism nerve is very close to the comedy nerve. Oh, I like that line. Okay. Um, and also like. Uh, there was a thing that Rachel Maddow was doing on her show, like for a little while, when Herman Cain was running. I think this was in 2012. Herman Cain was running for president, um, and uh, Rachel was picking. Rachel Maddow was picking out like these sort of odd oddities that, he, like for example, he quoted a Pokemon song as one of his um, speeches, or and he um, he used the tax structure from Sim City for his t tax plan. So, like, Rachel was like, eh, I think this guy might be, like, fake or might be sort of a, you know, uh, almost like a, um, what do you call it, an ironic candidate or a, uh, um, like, an imaginary candidate. I think she said something like he's an art project, is what she said. Like, he's a performance art project. And, I, like, it occurred to me that, like, I was trying to, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe Trump is kind of that, too. Like, maybe Trump is a bit of his own personal performance art project because the other thing they say about trump is that he, nobody tells him anything like nobody he's just basically doing this by himself. so he doesn't have handlers like you know he doesn't have uh, i mean i'm sure he has like some kind of political team who's basically more employees than you know than a team um but for the, for the most part yeah he's basically doing it on his own um 
And so, it, it, you know, it, it's possible that because it's just one guy, it's just all his imagined, you know, sort of art project and, you know, sort of pretending like what if it were that I were running for uh, president. Um, but then, like, okay, I thought about that. Okay, I made, made myself a little case for that in my own head. But then it occurred to me that pretty much every presidential candidacy is an art project to some extent because you have to craft basically a narrative and you have to craft an identity and a sort of a picture, a persona of this person who's going to be president. So you pretty much every campaign does have to be an art project to some extent. And then if it actually looks like an art project, that's when you know that you, you're not doing it well, because that's the whole point of art is to make it not look like art. Is that, is that, a, is that a thing about art? I think I just discovered a new truth about art. <laughs> I think because if somebody says, "Oh, that's not art," that's how you know you succeeded. Okay, I think that might be backwards, but you get. I think that was fun. Um, uh, and lastly, if I still have time, I I guess I wanted to talk about P Gate in Canada. We have in Canada we have this uh, politician named Jerry Bantz, who was um, he he never even got elected to political office in Canada, but he was, I think he had put his name in for the next upcoming, like this October's election for the, for, he was going to run for the Conservative Party. He's never been elected before, but he was going to try it this time. Uh, but it turned out someone dug up some tape from 2012 that someone, that CBC in CBC's marketplace had caught him uh, peeing in a customer's, uh, in like a homeowner's um well, it wasn't an actual, it was an actress, but um, it, it was peeing in a mug uh, that he shouldn't have. Like, he thought he was in a customer's house, and, like, he peed in her mug, I guess because he didn't want to bother her to go, like, use her bathroom or something, because uh, some some people are very picky about not having contractors use their washroom, I've noticed. Um, noticed. Uh, and, you know, the the podcast, or not the podcast, the show... <laughs> The show was kind of a little bit, um, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't hit, hmm, it bought, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, that show about trying to catch contractors and repairmen and like, you know, doing things, shady things, things that, to me, the show itself struck me as a little bit shady, but uh, that's a, that's fine. Uh, but the thing, yeah, it sort of blew up a little bit. I, I probably, by the time you hear this podcast, it will already have been you know, come and gone, because I don't think it's a lasting story, but everybody sort of got a big laugh out of it, and it got into international news, and people were like, ah, Pete because the guy peed in a thing, and he was a candidate for the conservatives, like, everybody laughed at it, and yeah, it was funny, um, so I guess, I guess I've already made my point about that, is that I don't, I think it has pretty much zero political significance, but, uh, quite a bit of comedic significance because it's very funny and, and that's both that shows what sort of the things that we enjoy as a society that we enjoy laughing at uh, stuff like a guy peed in a in a coffee mug of some lady who was not a actual homeowner but still that was real pee <laughs> and then he tried to run for for a you know to be a member of parliament in canada and yeah so i don't know but at, yeah, at the same time, we are all like, um, we are, we're all on high alert, sort of, those of us who are sort of politically minded are all like, uh, yeah, we're not doing the Stephen Harper thing again, <laughs> so we got to do whatever we can to like discredit this party and say, like, if we find something like that one of them peed in a, in a coffee mug of somebody, we got to, you know, that's got to hit the, the news because we want every sort of bit of ammunition we can get. Um, to, you know, remind people that these guys are no good. But I guess uh, the flip side of that is we do want proper, like, actual policy ideas from the alternative parties um, just to make sure that we don't, you know, completely um, I don't know, that we don't unthinkingly elect, you know, just the wor the next worst alternative. Although at this point, that might be <laughs> what it is. Anyways, I, yeah, that's politics. I don't know. P-gate. It, it was funny to me. I, th I thought it was enjoyable. So this story, like, made me happy. <laughs> uh, I've, <laughs> I've never done that myself, so, um, yeah. 
Uh, anyways, uh, we're yeah we're just about near the end of the hour, so uh, I guess we should wrap things up. We should wrap the the podcast up. You know, I don't have to. Technically, I could go on for another you know hour and a half, whatever. But I think no, I think I should kind of keep respect your time, respect my time, sort of keep it keep it uh, short. At least I think an hour is probably good. So. I guess I'll say goodbye to you right now. So yeah, thanks so much for um for listening along to the podcast. Um, I hope you come back again next week or click again next week or you know turn your uh, iTunes to Spaceboat One, which has been this podcast. I've been Josh Eleven. Uh, do check out my other podcast, The Simulationist. Uh, also available on iTunes and the Ale House. Also available on the Ale House. Also available on iTunes. If I can still continue to speak, and do come out to both Ratfish and Hecklers at the Ramada in Victoria, British Columbia, and all the other fine shows we have. We have another show coming up at the Strath coming up next week, and um, one at the Victoria Event Center, which is down on Broad Street, uh, coming up at the end of the month. I think September. I want to say 20th, 27th, but maybe you better look it up on the internet. Uh, look up comedy in Victoria. Just you know, do Google that, and you'll find you'll find all the cool comedy stuff that is happening around town. And uh, you know, you never know. You might see me if you do see me there. I hope that you'll shake my hand, and I hope that we can have say hi and have a nice conversation because I think that would be awesome. And considering I just basically talked your ear off for an hour here, maybe you haven't have a chance to sort of. <laughs> talk, talk back alright um, yeah thanks for listening everybody and uh, have a very good week uh, weekend if it's if it's Wednesday for you happy hump day <laughs> um, although yeah we just had Labor Day so it's a nice short week for you guys this week so yeah it'll be Wednesday and uh, and you'll be working hard and it'll, before you know it it'll be the weekend again and then Monday Ratfish Tuesday yeah, anyways, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, bye-bye for now. Theme song.